welcome to the Weather of the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Doug Krish. Good day to you. I hope this finds you well. I'm recording this now in the middle of February, February 17th to be precise, and it's a good feeling. We talked about the challenge of this, what feels like Corona 2, right? The second big surge. We said that especially play, well, not. we said it's going to be a cold winter for a lot of people. We didn't realize we meant Texas. Uh, when we talked about that, but it has been cold uh, and snowy for a lot of places. But we we talked about December, January, February, March, that four-month period that's really difficult to get through a lot of years for people, but especially this year. So right now we're in the middle of February, so we're moving into the second. We're, we're, we're moving along here. We're, we're, we're 60-something percent through that, that tough period. So let's keep focused. Let's hope for a nice weather in April. Today's episode is called How to Build a Non-Religious Sabbath, and uh, that's very exciting. It's from a, a new series I'm working on, a Baby baby in the Bathwater series, and it's really about, well, we'll get into that. Let me just make a few other notes before we jump into it, and that is this is the Weather of the Mind podcast, and this Weather of the Mind podcast, we're trying to talk about practical Practical skills, especially um, related to emotional health. But seeing that a bunch of practical skills are a good foundation for emotional health, like if you can cook well, if you know how to save well and understand your bank account and not get into trouble with with bad numbers and credit cards, you know, these are practical, practical life skills. So again, this podcast was is really built out of built out of my teaching experience and realizing We are shoving kids into college and debt and really neglecting them. Uh, A lot of aspects of their development, a lot of emotional health development, and a lot of practical skill development. And since this type of learning is the type of learning that sustains us throughout our life, perhaps a lot more than calculus will, this is the type of learning that is lifelong learning. So with the Weather of the Mind podcast and the coming project, the Weather of the Mind School, an online school, at least in the in the first few years, we're really trying to bring these skills together, give them to people for free or very little money, and uh, just have a place uh, where they could access a whole lot of um, tools and materials and notes. So that's that's what I'm pulling together. That's what I'm working on. So that is the big project. Just to remind you where we're at. Always trying to get people to get involved. If you want to write a piece, if you want to contribute to the podcast or the Weather of the Mind School in some way, you could always track me down at weatherofthemind.org. Okay, let's get into it now. Okay, okay, let's see. So, so if we're going to have a series called the Baby in the Bathwater series, does this expression ring true to you? I mean, do you know this expression? I, you hear it sometimes. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. So, you know, I have the. I heard this as a kid. And you have the image in your head. The baby's in the bathwater. So it's like I pictured like Little House on the Prairie. Like, you know, it's the 1870s. We're a farming, homesteading family in this beautiful wooden house we built ourselves. And the baby's getting washed sometime after dinner in, the, in this little bathtub. And it's time to get rid of that bathwater and... Woo! Oh my God, where's the baby? You threw the baby out with the bathwater. Obviously, we have to get rid of the bathwater, right? But again, this is just water with some 
baby dirt I mixed in and some soap mixed in. This is not horrible stuff, but you get rid of bath water. It's been used. It's to get rid of that water. But you save the baby, right? So for me, I look at history and certain and I'm really talking about the his, you know, the his, cultural history and cultural institutions, uh, religions, um, religion uh, and all their teaching and all. So looking at uh, when I think about the baby in the bathwater, I'm thinking a lot about cultural history and how do we throw out the dirty bathwater but keep the baby? What is the core wisdom and the insight of these old, old human institutions? Whether it's Confucianism or Taoism in the East or Buddhism, these old teachings that have remained with us. And you look into the West, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, the, the Abrahamic religions. If these religions are becoming less and less a part of our lives, what is the wealth that we can retain from them? How do we compromise with history? You see a lot of cultural, um, you know, writing over history and throwing out history. Like the disgusting actions in San Francisco where they're just renaming or, or taking down all the names of all their schools, including Abraham Lincoln and Paul Revere. If you're not absolutely perfect, we're going to throw you out. So this, this is a whole other topic for another day and a very important topic. But it comes back to this notion of the baby and the bathwater. And how do we separate? How do we get rid of some stuff, leave some stuff behind, and take what is of value? For me, as someone who's who has continued to go to church on and off throughout my life, I've always taken this baby and bathwater approach. I'm going to take what I want to take and leave what I want to leave. That sounds very selfish, but in terms of what you feel like you are really endorsing by participating. So let me tell you a little story, tell you about the Sabbath ritual I grew up with. We didn't call it the Sabbath. Uh, I mean, you heard that in church, but I, I grew up Catholic. You hear the term Shabbat, uh, that is the Jewish word for Sabbath, and that's the original. Sabbath goes back to the second, well, it goes back beyond this, but it goes back in written archives to the second chapter of Genesis. So just the second chapter of the whole Abrahamic Bible in the beginning of the Old Testament, second chapter, quote, And by the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing, so on that day he rested from all his work. So that is the notion, the story of creation, the world was built. When you read through it, it's actually worth reading. It is. It comes across as very yin and yang. Very, um, the world was a whole, and then we divided it. And then God divided it in the first day into light and dark. And then he divided it into land and water. And then he divided it into man and so on and so forth. Worth taking a, a look and reading through Genesis. And, and again, maybe we'll, we'll jump into that and, and see, you know, there's so much. I think there's a lot of wealth. I, I've had that luxury of teaching a high school religious studies course. And I think we should teach people world religions as a high school anthropology and, and wisdom type of course. Engage in, and there's great wisdom in these traditions. Maybe the institutions are too large or too corrupt or too frustrating to be a part of. But to throw them out, to throw that baby out, that little baby, why is that baby outside in the cold in his bathwater? Get that baby inside. (laughs) 
Okay, so as I was saying, when I think back to Sundays growing up, I can't say we were always free on Sundays. Unfortunately, we had a lot of homework to do in a lot of our lives, so we didn't really have Sundays totally off and usually had to do work in the afternoon. But in that morning time, that was a real good Sabbath time. Just, just walking together, going to church, walking home, and just having a nice meal. Scramble some eggs with your rolls. Folks would have coffee. We'd have maybe probably a little bit of orange juice. And sweets. We'd often have bakery sweets. Jelly donuts, black and white. Crawlers, French crawlers, apple turnovers. Mmm. It was like a mini party. Once a week, we'd have a mini party. And if we had not, if we didn't have work to do, maybe there'd be a fun outing to do. Sometimes we'd go to Belmont Racetrack and watch the horse races. Or we'd maybe go for a hike somewhere out, take a drive and go for a hike. Certainly nature time and quiet time. If it was a nice weather out, we'd, and maybe we'd watch a sporting event. Nothing, uh, nothing too out of the ordinary, probably a relatable, uh, but tell us, call into the web, the podcast, weatherofthemind.org, you can record sound bites. What, you know, what was your Sabbath like? Did you have a Sabbath ritual? And if you didn't, did you have something that resembled it? Was there, what were the rituals of, of resting and recharge in your youth? And what are the rituals and resting and recharge now in your life? And then past, present, now future, what would be the ideal for you? What is our past, present, and future in terms of a a weekly ritual of recharge and renewal? We talked about this is a real old notion of a day of rest. But most things we we find in the Old Testament, it's not just made up by one guy, one yell. These are these are rituals that are existing in in the in the society at the time that are kind of being codified being written down and we see throughout history we see it in the east and the west the notion of a time of work and a time of rest makes sense it even makes sense to agricultural societies in the sense of in order for the soil to be strong it has to have a fallow period you grow this crop, you grow a different crop the next year, and then you let it rest and recharge. So the soil needs a rest. Certainly people throughout history were more connected to nature. So they saw animals resting and they saw birds resting. The notions of having time to rest and recharge, that was I think that was rather innate and, and ordinary throughout most of human history. Only in the last few hundred years have we gone so hyper it seems where it was go 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 every moment make it count you gotta hustle we have to really put these psychological realities the emotional realities the cultural realities of our time in context and label them as odd and peculiar and then understand well that and that's the problem of a lot of progressives who think that we're always at the peak of human culture you know and oh the past is trash let's throw out the 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 past is garbage oh i'm paraphrasing that's probably not great oh the past is racist and sexist and yeah perhaps there are elements of that but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. there are generations upon generations upon generations of wisdom of lessons of insight and to think that we don't have massive blind spots 
is 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 the kind of hubristic thinking that will lead to oh so many of our modern problems so to have a day or at least a half a day where we check ourselves before we wreck ourselves where we take that baby and bring that baby inside i'm overdoing the baby metaphor i know so the sabbath the sabbath the sabbath we have a sense of what the sabbath was the sabbath as part of human history the sabbath becoming displaced i mean for many of us again tell me what did you grow up with was the sabbath already totally absent in your family do some families really just go 24 7 all week long like how how do you recharge and relax the root word of sabbath the hebrew word shabbat means to rest and then it became sabbatum in latin now, we also have the word sabbatical, and sabbatical is basically a longer rest, but it is a parallel reality to the day of rest. It is a season of rest or a year of rest, sabbatical. So as we think about the Sabbath, we could also think about how do we incorporate sabbatical into our lives? Is there a way to have a period, a period like this pandemic period that forces us to rest? So how, how can we build our own weekly ritual of rest and recharge? And I, I think I've, I'm, building, I'm building mine. And I'm, it's a bit solitary right now during Corona times. But there's a little bit of camaraderie. So I had a really tough few days. You know, this time of year and, and during Corona, you, could really, you can really cramp up and... Uh, Hit some hit some sad days, you know, and I, I was I was really kind of down. Um, in my extended community, we've lost two two men in their forties in the last month and a half to um, deaths of I would call them categorized in the death of despair category. One to suicide, one to alcohol. So I remind you to really reach out to your extended network and and check on people because notori- um, notoriously that's the wrong word historically historically notoriously late spring uh late winter early spring is the period uh, with the greatest amount of emotional struggle on average because this is the period when people are the reserves are low and when spring comes but leaves and comes and leaves and you know dips in for a week and then disappears this often is is very very trying to people when they're already a little bit exhausted. So this year especially, we got to reach out the best we can. Just drop people an email, uh, shoot them a text, give them a call, let them know you're thinking about them. Okay, finally on to my story. So I was struggling, and, and I do a good job of reaching out. I got some people in my network, and um, I got my brother living next door now. So I'm, I'm in a pretty good space, but the, but that. There's still sad times. There's still depressed times. Even if you have people around you, it's not a normal times. And even if they're normal times, I still have periods where I get depressed. Just part of my makeup. But I build good rituals that do a pretty good job of keeping me, keeping me going, keeping me going, and 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 having, keeping me positive, right? So last, the first thing what I would say is building a good ritual, is that it often starts the night before. I knew this Sunday, I need, I, this is last Sunday, this is Super Bowl Sunday, and the, the Saturday before I was really struggling, and I, I was telling them, I was like, I got to, I got to nail this Sunday, I got to nail my Sunday ritual, I got to really 
Put all the elements together because I need it. I need to restore. I, I, to me, Sabbath is not just rest or it, it's restore. It's recharge. It's not, um, yeah, how do I recharge my batteries? And for me, these days I recharge in probably like three or four different ways. Some form of camaraderie, either in person or over the phone. Uh, some sort of music, and I've really been singing a lot. Uh, some form of exercise. I've been, and for me, it's been biking and then cooking, engaging in, in nature and plants this way, but also creating something that nurtures my body. So those are my four elements. So what would you think is your four elements for building a good Sabbath ritual? For me, it's cooking, exercise, music, and camaraderie. And if you throw in, I often will read... Uh, my mom is kind enough to mail me the New York Times book reviews, the hard copy that she accumulates at home. And those are wonderful. So I might sit and read some book reviews. So that's a little intellectual engagement. You know, if you want to be a little more spiritual, you can read something about, you know, that relates to your spiritual path. But for me, um, I have that spiritual time while I'm singing, while I'm biking, in the spirit of camaraderie. I, I like to wander in the intellectual, read some books, but that to me is all part of, even though it's maybe sort of relates to my work, it's, it's really joyful and engaging. So would you have the same categories? Cooking, exercising, music, camaraderie, reading, mental, you know, maybe there's some puzzles or mental games that is fun for people. Certainly like, if I got a chance to play cards, sometimes I go play a poker tournament on the, on the Sabbath. That to me is a great ritual because something about sitting around a table playing cards with a bunch of people and at the casino, a bunch of strangers and not having to talk to them, but just sit around the table and having kind of quiet time, shared quiet time. I think the poker table can be surprisingly uh, a surprising locale for um some sort of some sort of camaraderie of spirit and uh, mental stimulation. Ooh, I miss playing poker tournaments. That's what I look forward to post-pandemic, along with many other things, but that's one of them. So for me, I have these elements, right? And I have to say, I think Breakfast with the Beatles... Oh, wait. So the singing aspect is rooted in a radio show, which is a common radio show, meaning that they name this... Sh it's a Beatles weekly show called Breakfast with the Beatles. Now, this is out of Ithaca. I listen to the local radio station, 91.7 WICB. But you probably heard of Breakfast with the Beatles because this is a common, a common name of a show that they have for many years around the country, you know, many decades at this point. So I tune into Breakfast with the Beatles pretty much every Sunday if I'm home, and I listen slash sing a lot of the songs. And I have to recommend Breakfast of the Beatles as great shows because what they do is by playing the Beatles for two hours straight is they probably play about half, you know, Beatles songs, but half of the songs are by the derivative band members, uh, solo and uh, group endeavors afterwards. Like Paul McCartney had, had his band Wings, which produced a lot of albums. And then he's had his solo career, which has produced a lot of albums. So this is whole McCartney portion of Breakfast of the Beatles. And John Lennon and his solo projects. And of course the works of George Harrison and Ringo Starr. There's, there's a real wealth of Beatles projects that are not exactly that are not exactly Beatles, the derivative projects. 
It's like if you had a Wu-Tang hour, you'd have your Wu-Tang songs, but then you'd have so many solo projects. Same idea. So I really recommend The Breakfast of the Beatles. Some people say, that's too much Beatles for me, but man, that is the diversity of music and styles and just the excellent skill set. The Beatles are pretty special. So I tune into The Breakfast of the Beatles, and if I get to sing, and a lot of times I'll put the lyrics up for the song that's coming up on my computer, and I'll, I'll read, for me when I'm singing, if I have the lyrics in front of me, it makes it a lot easier to concentrate on hitting the notes properly. If I have a two hour block of good music and singing, and then that's like part of my Sundays every week, if I'm, you know, if I'm home and I don't have somewhere to be, that's a great part of the ritual. Now I throw biking in with that. I either bike before that morning bike ride or an afternoon bike ride. And then I also try to plan what would be a nice meal to make. Yeah, it'll be a bit of work, but I put on my headphones or I hang out with my brother and I cook the meal. It's kind of fun if it's a crock pot meal in the winter because you make it in the early part of the day. Put the cover on, turn it up to high and just let it roll for six hours. So basically you start to see the elements coming together. Let me expand upon the day before I was feeling depressed and I was also feeling kind of sick. It was a perfect storm of nausea and depression. It was just a tough day that Saturday. It was it was really tough. So I planned ahead and I said, I'm going to make a turkey chili. Because turkey chili with cornbread and brown rice has become my signature dish this winter. This, this Corona 2 winter. And I love it. It's awesome. And it's dialed in. And it's mind expanding. And I'll share the recipe sometime. So I knew I was going to wake up and make that turkey chili. Oh, I'm still getting ahead of myself. So the night before... Plan the ingredients out, and I walked to the store and got my 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 ground turkey. But I also I also bought a pizza as a treat because I knew I was not in the mood to cook. I knew I was hungry and just kind of I needed a treat. So I treated maybe the Sabbath be really begins the night before. So that Saturday night, got myself a treat, got myself a pizza, shared with my brother onions, peppers, and spinach. It was really awesome, and it gave me a lot of energy for the next day. I mean, when we eat a big meal at night, it affects us the next day. Sorry if that's obvious, but it's a good reminder. I got my energy levels up, felt like a good wave of positivity, wake up the next morning, set the alarm. In the morning, I'm stir-frying up onions and garlic and butter and oil with salt and pepper. And then when that's got a nice flavor, I drop a pound of organic ground turkey. Really get those flavors dialed in. Then I drop that into the crock pot, throw in can of dark red, uh, dark red kidney, can of light red kidney, um, maybe 20 ounces of roasted tomatoes, my spices, cumin, chili powder, garlic, a jalapeno. Oh man, so I'm feeling good. I mean, it's, it's like still early in the day, but you got a batch in the crock pot. Something about that, that feels really, really good. You just feel like the wind is at your back. Let's go. This is going to be a great day. I don't know. That's how I feel. I'm a pretty emotional guy. So then I suit up and I'm going winter biking. Who cares if it's 28 degrees out? I'm going to go for a bike ride. The roads look like they're in good shape. It's a nice overcast. There's drizzling a little bit of uh, I can use the snow drizzle. A few little snow flurries, but it's a gray sky. I think these days are quite beautiful. It's like this whole sky is this impressionistic painting, all these different 
hues of blues and grays and I suit up in all my layers. I've learned how to winter bike during this corona too. What a gift. I can go out there and climb these hills, these Finger Lakes hills overlooking the lakes. Get that blood pumping and that oxygen in my lungs. That's my drug. That's what, that's my, that's the, I say singing is the core of my Sabbath. But man, if I can get my pulse up and, and, the, and the oxygen in my lungs and I'm looking, I'm biking up this hill and I'm looking off the left hand side and there's this partially frozen lake, partially frozen part has all different little, everything is about subtlety in the winter. In the summer, in the spring, in the fall, there's so many colors and so much activity. The winters, it's quiet. There's no leaves on most of the trees. Oh, you have your evergreens. But most of the trees, no leaves. There's no birds around. I mean, there's some birds. <laughs> Keep on contradicting myself. A lot of the birds are not around. I could see a lot of the birds on sitting on the frozen lake. The gulls and, and the Canadian geese. But it's quiet. And the sky might be gray and the hills might be white with snow and little brown matchstick trees and the lake has this kind of bluish greenish hint to it it's like it's like you're in a sepia tone painting or a black and white i mean you could tell the different colors but they're subtle yeah that's what it is it's this winter biking it's it's like a sepia tone or, or a black and white a grayscale painting or a photograph and just like those photographs are so beautiful, there's something just striking about it. You just notice different things. Ah. So, okay, you can see I'm like reliving it right now. I'm out there biking for 75, 80 minutes. I'm breaking a sweat. I'm climbing these hills, countryside. I'm boo, climbing the hills. Then you have these big downhills. Feeling great. I get home. Just around noon, it's time for breakfast with the Beatles, time to thaw out, make some tea, maybe make a bowl of oatmeal, and start singing. Ah. By two o'clock, I usually plan a phone call, or I just go on to the next show, which is a folk show, and I just, just relax and just see what's on my mind and take out my notebook, jot a few things down, read a bit. A lot of times we'll have... Uh, a sporting event to check out later in the day or in the evening. This was actually Super Bowl Sunday, and I got to hang out with my brother, and we watched the game, and the game was not a, not a great, compelling game after the first half, but we still had a fun time, and anticipation of the game was extremely high, so it turned out to be a really fun, positive, positive, great Sabbath. So, I've given you a lot to think about today, and I would love to hear from you. Drop me a line, and if you want, we can we can have a Skype, and I can record it. We can put you on the podcast. Tell me about your Sabbath. You can tell me about your religious Sabbath, and we can we can learn about that. You could tell me about your non-religious Sabbath. You could tell me about the past, present, and future of your of your Sabbath. Sabbath to recharge, to rest, to connect, to create, to engage. Sabbath. So let me know what you think. It's been great spending time with you. I enjoy thinking about these topics and pulling them together. It's nice being with you in spirit and afar over the audio waves. I know for me, the audio waves have been such a great, great companion. 
I, I keep my radio on many hours of the day, switching between so the college radio stations, the modern rock station, 93.5 VBR here in, in Ithaca, and and the NPR stations, and uh, a lot of great, great wealth on the audio waves, and it's a great way to connect and share. I hope this podcast leaves you encouraged. Have a great day. Remember, stay hydrated. Drink that water. Get that pulse up. Be patient with yourself. Just try to improve a little bit week to week. If you do that, man, there's a lot of weeks in a year. Improve a little bit week to week, 52 times. Even if you give yourself five or ten quote-unquote failures where you slide back, you're still moving forward 35, 40 weeks a year. That's awesome. That's what we got to celebrate every week. How did I grow a little bit this week? All right, that's enough for today. Much love, folks. Be well. Bye-bye. Thank you.